Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 223, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Monday, February 7th, 2022. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Got a little background backing track for my A.K. I'm anti-vaxxer, so don't kiss me. COVID can't do nothing to me long as I drink piss, B. Uh, that is courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi, Maine. Inspired by him bringing a backing track for his AK when he guested on the show. I was not ready. It's about, it's about you know, how I drink pee to protect myself from COVID-19. <laughs> well, I am thrilled to be joined by today's special guest co-host, a producer, <sighs> Here in iHeart's LA podcast studio, helping to create shows like Fake Doctors, Real Friends. And welcome to our show. Uh, you've heard her on Pop Culture Happy Hour, read her at Vulture, the AV Club, Team Vogue, all the all the places you read shit. She is the brilliant and talented <laughs> Joelle Monique. Oh my God. It's Monday. We're getting ready for the new week. Oh man. Sure it is. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Joelle? Oh, I am going to go play D&D today And I'm really going to Attempt to slay a dragon I'm just going to get it all out of my system That's that's how I'm going to process what this week has been We're out of Mercury Retrograde, thank God It's mm-hmm. a new day Yeah, It's a new day I've been on the edge of my seat waiting to get out of Mercury Retrograde Listen, personally. listen Even if you don't know it, it's happening to you All the time and it's terrifying I <laughs> But I, no uh, more tech issues, we're good now I uh, I passively believe in, like, I have evidence to suggest that that stuff is real, and I it just doesn't agree with my brain. So I just don't do the, the research, but I'm like, yeah, if you guys say, if you guys Ooh. tell me that it's important and that it's a good thing that we're out of Mercury Retrograde, let's do Next it. Next office party, I'm bringing my tarot cards. I have a movie deck tarot cards. They're my favorite. We'll movie do a chart reading. It'll be great. Oh, yeah. These what are amazing. Is, what's your, uh, what, what, like, movies? G- give me an example of okay. one of the. So, this one is The Emperor. It's The Godfather. You know, oh, it's the classic. Starface. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. We got Ridley is Strength. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did from Scarface Alien. have, like, a pad of butter on his desk instead of cocaine? <laughs> I think what that's the fuck supposed was going to be. On? Let's see. Let's look at it. Is that supposed mm. to be gold? I think that's just a gold cigar box, is what it's giving got me. Got it. Okay. But yeah. We'll have a good, we'll have a time and we'll read your chart. I'll find out where your moon is. It'll be great. Mm. I have a uh, tarot deck behind me as well. Uh, it's like a weird, <laughs> uh, I, su- I swear I do. Hold on. Wait, no, stop. <laughs> that's, that's the one I just pulled today. I don't know if you can see it. What it's is so this weird. card? It's, uh, it's the chariot. <gasps> oh, going places. The illumination tarot deck. Uh, it's <gasps> like a desert themed tarot deck. That My wife is, is into all this stuff, so I am too, and I think it's very cool. Uh, I just really like the art on this. Shout show. out to your wife. Love yeah, her yeah. already. Well, Joelle, <laughs> we are thrilled and fortunate to be joined in our third yes. seat by a very funny stand-up whose Netflix half hour in season three of the stand-ups is just so fucking funny. So we both good. had the privilege of watching it. At 36, this is a fun fact, he is the youngest comedian to ever perform on stage at the Grand Old Opry. Stop He's it, done wow. it a bunch. Uh, you've seen him on Fallon, Kimmel, Last Comic mm. Standing. He's torn all over America this year, and you mustn't miss him if he's on a stage near you. It is the hilarious, the brilliant, Dusty Slay! All right, okay, we're having a good time. I appreciate you guys having me. (laughs) Man, Uh, we are having a good time. We are thrilled to have you. What a wild podcast. So much has gone on already. Yeah, we like to pack it. But uh, the wildest thing to me is that you said it was season 223. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, we I every mean, week is a new season for us. Oh, okay, uh, so right. <laughs> we we like to make it easy on ourselves to really set new set oh. new records in a number of like, seasons. That's that unbelievable. I've never heard of that in my life, but uh, I get it. You know, it's still too many podcasts. We've still done way too many podcasts, but yeah, the uh, the season thing is a little misleading. Okay, oh, well, yeah. I'm but, into it, but uh, yeah. 
And I don't know a lot about Mercury retrograde, but I mm-hmm. am ready for January to be done. And uh, January mm. is a wild month for me. Last year, I ruptured my appendix during this time. No, I'm, I'm ready for it to just be gone. I mean, it is gone. Uh, right. I was I just going to I was I was going to say I have good news for you, man. <laughs> We're out of there. <laughs> but I it's mean, February. I don't know it's about history. I don't month. know about the planets, but <laughs> right. uh, I mean, I'm aware of them. I don't right. know what they're up to, mm-hmm. but yeah. mm-hmm. I'm happy that we're out of that. Whatever that period is, I'm happy it's gone. Yeah. I agree. January, terrible month. Dark times. Horrible if you've got the seasonal depression. Yeah. I mean, and I think that I do, which is why I like the South and which is why I guess California is good because it's just sunny most of the time. I mm-hmm. mean, in the South, we have a few cold, cold months, but the sun comes back quick and it feels good. Yeah, I love the heat. I always say I like the heat so much that if it's not hot, it's cold. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. (laughs) I can't because you can't, uh, you know, I feel like cold seeps into a place that heat can't. You're like cold to your actual bones. That's not fun. That's terrible. And a lot depends on like like Southern California is just not designed for anything other than 80 degree weather. Like the mm. the walls are just wood, like wooden slats, and it, like they don't. <laughs> we they do don't, not have insulation here. They've never it's heard of insulation here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it gets cold quick if it's not hot. So I think that's a that is an accurate statement. Are you in Southern California right now, Dusty? No, I'm actually in Asheville, North Carolina. Okay, uh, nice. Which is, uh, which is very nice, but it's cloudy. I'm I'm yeah. right in front of a window trying my best to get some light in this dark hotel room. I spent a lot of time in just a sad hotel room. And oh, no. uh, <laughs> they're all sad to me. And I You're don't know what happened. Yeah, I've been to so many hotels. They're all sad now. Yeah. Even the nice ones. I find the nicer the hotel, the sadder it is. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> At least a rundown hotel, you expect it to be sad. But when you walk into a nice uh, place, you're like, oh, this is going to be happy. And then it's not. Right. They have the yeah. lighting right. But, yeah. Yeah. But, but everyone's still like, fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it makes me happy to get out and do comedy. I spend half the day in my hotel room sad. And then I go, all right, now it's time to bring some happiness. There you go. So uh, you're, you're down there doing shows in Asheville. I did a show last night. I opened for Fortune Feimster. And uh, nice. we, had a, we had a great time. And then tomorrow I'm on my way to Atlanta to do a show with Jeff Foxworthy. Wow. Okay. So you cover, you, you run the gamut. I'm all yeah. over the place all the time. Yeah. My schedule awesome, makes no sense. I'm flying here and driving here and this and that. It doesn't make any sense, but uh, at least I get to fly a little bit. I like to say I make airplane money now. And uh, yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> you You're not driving across states to get to gigs. That's <laughs> right. real great. Yeah. Wait, Dusty, so I have a question for you. Do you find because it seems like your audience could span a lot of different types of demographics? Is there like a certain type of person that's your typical fan? I don't think so. I mean, uh, I find that if people have uh, ever been poor in their life, they love my comedy. Uh, That's what I love most about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've got some wheat, you know, and I also was, uh, you know, spent about eight, nine years as an alcoholic. And uh, so uh, lots of people have struggled with that sort of thing. So they relate to that. Now I got several jokes about weed and about how weed's too strong now. And I think people are, (laughs) I think they're really relating to that. Yeah. I'm afraid to give my parents weed for that exact reason. They're like, I don't know, maybe. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Where would we start you? It's, I it's know. too intense. <laughs> That's what, when I was a teenager, I used to like to smoke weed with people for the first time. It was a real joy to me. Yeah. To introduce, and now I'm like, no, if you've never done it, I don't want to be. I'm not introducing <laughs> you to this drug now. Yeah. It's too you late. You missed to... the train. Get to answer questions about whether you hate them or not for an hour. Uh, yeah, it used yeah. to be a fun, happy plant. Now it's drugs. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right in time for it to uh, become legal. Legalized. Yeah, yeah. Approachable by parents of all ages. I got yeah. buddies doing dabs, and I'm like, that doesn't seem like weed to me. I don't know <laughs> what that is, but if you're lighting weed with a torch, I saw somebody had to plug their bong into a wall. To heat oh, it up, I was no. like, I don't need it to be that hot. 
Let me just start no. up this generator here yeah. so we can get high. <laughs> In my day, all you needed was a bick and an apple, okay? Yeah, exactly. We used to put Classic. ice in the bong to cool the smoke down. Now mm-hmm, people are lighting mm-hmm. it with a torch. I'm like, this doesn't seem right. Yeah, that's that's aggressive. All right, Dusty, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple things we'll be talking about later on in the show. Somebody, uh, Representative Mark Walker, who I am not familiar with, but he looks like he he has a picture of Mitt Romney taped to his uh, mirror. And he's just like that. That's his inspiration when he gets dressed in the morning, does his hair. Anyways, he, he posted a picture of himself at a Waffle House, and it, there, there's just some things about it that kind of come off as false or, like, not authentically, like, this man really likes Waffle House as much as he wants his constituents to believe he does. So we're going to talk about that. We might even talk about whether pillow fighting is going to be a Olympic sport and why it absolutely should be. Oh, the average Uh, man can compete. (gasps) Get ready, Olympics. Here I come. I'm ready. Why it maybe should be the only Olympic sport. Uh, Truly. All of that, plenty more. Uh, But first, Dusty, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Oh, you know, I was looking at some things and these were all like of all the things that was the hardest one for me because you were like, what's something that would tell people about you? But you know what? I've been searching a lot of fruit trees. I brought, I bought some land. I bought a little bit of land and I'm trying to build an Amish cabin on the land. And I'd like to get a little bit, an orchard sounds fancy, but what I'd like to do is just plant some fruit trees and then let them grow. And then I can just go out and eat fruit right off the tree. That's what I'm living the dream. That's what I'm into. I mean, that's what I like about the country and just you know, it's like you just can grow things. I grew a little bit of stuff this year. I grew, you know, and and I got into it. I, you know, I always say if I had to live off of what I grew, then I would be dead. But <laughs> right. wait, so are you like into? Are you into cottage core? Oh, I don't know what that is. I could be into that. <laughs> okay, though. so cottage core is a category on like Instagram, and it's like just aesthetically beautiful cottages. Oh, I'm going to get into that. Yeah. Cottage. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'll find that. I'm, I love that. I mean, I'm all about it. I'm all about just being able to, I got into this thing. I, I watched a documentary called earthing. And it's where you just walk around on the land barefooted and you're, you're, they say that we're electrical beings, you know? And so we connect mm-hmm. to the earth and we ground and it takes out a lot of inflammation and it, and it resets us. I don't know if it's true, but I'm into the idea that you could potentially heal yourself by just walking barefooted. Again, I don't know if it's true, but it's easy to try. I feel like there's definitely a calling back to the land for a lot of people like in the pandemic. I mean, we have so many guests on the show who are like, no, I moved back south, got a little land, am growing things. This is a story we've heard a couple of times. It's something I've certainly, I don't think I could survive in a not city space. I have ADD and like, how am I going to keep everything together? You got to remember to like pickle your stuff and then label the jars. It's just never going to happen for me. But I really yep. admire everybody who's doing it and getting out there. And it's like, you know, I'm going to build a space that like both replenishes me spiritually and also sort of allows me to invest in a space that is my own instead of, you know, I don't know, renting well, an apartment with 60 other people. <laughs> I agree with you on both of those things because I like being around where stuff is going on. Like Mm -hmm. I grew up kind of in the country and it's like, I I just remember dreaming of like, I'd love to be around some people. Yes. (laughs) Take me to a museum. And my wife grew up in the country in Canada and like she said the same thing. She's like, when I was growing up, I just wanted to be around people. And she moved to Toronto for 10 years and loved it. And so I want a little bit of both if if it's manageable. I want to yeah. escape to the cottage core, you know, and yeah. just get out there. Yes. Is that what it is, cottage core? <laughs> yes, cottage yeah, correct. Yes. The I core just, of cottage. I just want to get out there and just hear the birds. I love it. And is cottage core, like hardcore music is a thing. Is cottage core music just like Taylor Swift? Is that basically? That's not no. what I would be listening to out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, uh, no, Taylor Swift is for the girls in the city. 
who sort of sometimes think about the country. But yeah. I think cottagecore would be more like traditional bluegrass. Okay. You Got know, it. you might get some guitars happening there. Yeah, I, I think it's it's much more we're making our teas from scratch. Like we picked our different tea leaves right. and we're blending it with berries. And it's very much about like that old stove that your grandma had and fixing it up. And now it looks nice. And it's it's somewhat modern, but very reminiscent of a time where it's just peaceful and glorious. And we're getting yeah. our Laura Ingalls Wilder on. And it's just nice. some old man sitting on a stump playing guitar for you. Yeah. You know? yeah. But like in guitar in a way you didn't think he could play. It's just magical. Right. Butterflies yeah. are landing on his shoulders. Yeah. That's what I'm into. Jug, jug music. I have ADD oh, too. Yeah. I feel like I'd have, yeah, I was just trying to picture like what, what a orchard would look like in my, I feel like I would have one corn, like not a corn field, one but like corn. a corn, you know, like a, <laughs> a stalk of corn that would give me one piece of corn on the cob for the year. And then what a delicious uh, day that would be though. <laughs> right. But that would be worth there's, it. There's a thing that people are getting into. They call the food forest where, where what would normally be a regular forest is a forest of fruit trees. And instead yes. of Ivy, it's grapevines. And that's what I want to create. That's what I'm trying I love to get that. into. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. It's great. Yeah. My neighbors have this like ancient lemon tree they're like it's extremely old and it bears so much fruit they gave us a whole like target bag full of lemons and they're like could you use all this i'm like i will make so much lemonade don't even it's amazing it's it's uh, i've dreamed of fruit cheese forever they're this great is literally life giving you lemons here mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah but in could, the best le- way possible you're like this is fresh totally. grown lemon we have a lemon it's tree organic. too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the best thing because squirrels fucking hate lemons. That's like the most important thing about lemons is that squirrels hate them. So like every other food just gets eaten the second it like hits the point of ripeness. The squirrels have like a series of alarm clocks and they know exactly when everything's <laughs> gonna get ripe and just eat that shit. But lemons they don't fuck with. And so yeah, you bountiful lemon harvest around the clock in in our backyard which is nice. I My one issue is, so we just tried to get loquat trees because one of our friends had a loquat tree and my kids were in their yard and they started eating them and they were just like so good. They're really delicious. And then so I ordered some loquat trees and got them shipped in the mail. It's a cool product or a cool like service they offer. But they come and they're like two, they just look like two branches that you like put in the ground. And they're, they seem like they're about seven years from having a loquat no. on them. Like if we could, if we could get some sort of tree speeding up technology, I think that would be useful. Just like a because, ray gun. We just want to scan the yeah. tree and like help it get up there. I feel you. I feel you. I think when I think about like planting an apple tree from seed to actually getting a fruit, it's like a ridiculous long time, like at least a decade. Who has it? Yeah. I don't. I know. That's why what I am trying to do is get the fruit trees out there now and then forget about them. You know, not forget in the sense that I don't take (laughs) care of them, but but forget they're out there. And then, you know, in in years to come, because I'm always like, that's what happens in my head. I go, oh, well, if I plan it now, it'll be 10 years. But it's like, had I done this 10 years ago, I would already be eating apples off my tree. Yeah. My grandfather planted uh, apples and pears and figs and and where my dad lives and my dad went out there and bulldozed all the apple trees down one he was like i got tired of cutting grass around them i was like jeez dude dad, i was like come legacy on trees. oh no i yeah. mean uh, i gotta I, say the book the book the giving tree is <laughs> pro tree propaganda because it suggests that trees <laughs> are just giving and giving and you just you know, forget about them and take and take. But it's really the opposite. For for a long time, you got to take care of them and they're not giving you shit. That's true. And, you know, I'm, I'm tired of it. Loquat trees. Yeah, it's the taking tree for quite a bit. It's also the saddest book in the history of the world. Once you're a parent and you realize it's like a metaphor for parenthood. It's, oh, I was going to say, that seems like what kids are like, you know, as yeah, kids, they just take, take, take. And then they get older and hopefully they start to give. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's some debate about that, too. Yeah, I got some I got some family that I hope they don't listen, but I got some family that's uh, they're they're takers. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. takers. I think we all do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and find out what you think is overrated and underrated. All right. 
And we're back. And Dusty, uh, we do like to ask our guests, what is something that you think is overrated? Well, I feel like I gave it away in the beginning, but I was I, I thought of it and then I brought it up in, in, in when it, when we weren't ready for it. But I think what's overrated is nice hotels. But I have a deeper explanation. Right. I don't mean I don't want to be in a Motel 6 or a Red Roof Inn. But I mean, the fancy, I mean, unless you got unlimited money supply, the fancy hotel, way overrated. You get in there, no one's that nice to you. They charge you for everything. You pay so much for the room and then you get up to your room and then you got to pay for Wi-Fi. You got to pay for coffee. There's no free breakfast. Not that the breakfast that's free is ever any good, but (laughs) they... They make you pay for everything. And then it, usually if you want to park a car, it's another 50 bucks a night. And I'm like, yeah. give me a good in between. I'm at a country inn and suites right now. Ooh. And it is it is not that nice, but I slept so good. And yeah. I also feel like no one looks at me suspiciously. I mm. look like that I should be at the country inn and suites. Everybody's right. like, yes, he belongs here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay. But if I'm in a nice hotel, people wonder what I'm doing in there. <laughs> I like a nice hotel. Like when I was a film critic, you know, studios would fly you wherever and put you up and then be like, you have a $250 day per diem. Bam. That's room service, baby. That's amazing. Like, I agree with you. Like, I've never been to a, a really great hotel where the bed was better than an average hotel. They're yes. not spending money on extra mattresses. Your sleep is definitely not better. A lot of good hotels have great rooms that are sky high prices. And then every other room is average without a view. Um, they're oh, like, yeah. here's a hole. <laughs> yeah, you're paying for the right to stay in the same uh, building as that really nice hotel. As that really, really nice room. You're really trying to impress yeah. your Lyft driver. They're like, oh. You're staying here? Yeah, man, it's great. And for yeah. you, the two-second high of like, man, somebody thought I was <laughs> really doing it here. Yeah. But otherwise, they're basic. You know, it's like, I do believe that they're overrated, but also, like, when I filmed Netflix in New York City, they put me up in a hotel, and every day I sat in a chair and drank coffee and looked out the window at the city, and I was like, this is pretty nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is a little better than the country in and suites. Yeah. Right now, I'm looking at a parking lot in some woods. I don't mind the free breakfast at the country inn and suites with, with the cinnamon raisin bagel with cellophane on it. Sometimes they have the conveyor belt toaster and also the snack pack cereal, the little cereal snack packs. Oh, that, yeah. Because I never I like the cereal in the thing where you twist it and then it just falls yeah. out into. Yeah. Oh, like that. Yeah, Always yeah, a little bit stale. This goes fresh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you just get a big dump of sugar, which is always what I'm looking for. And yeah. any sweetened cereal is like that last like chunk at the bottom. Where like it's frosted mini just, wheats, when you crunch yeah. them up, you, I like to crunch up a few and put in the bowl. That way yeah. at the end, there's just some sugar bites. Yeah, and it doesn't destroy your mouth when you try and eat it. Exactly. Yeah. True. <laughs> what is something you think is underrated? Uh, I think black coffee is underrated, right? And this is what, like, I go to the Starbucks all the time and I get it. If You know, a lot of those drinks are very tasty and it's great, but it's like in the morning, people are basically getting a milkshake to start the day <laughs> or people are drinking a Red Bull or a, a, a Sparks. I don't know what the names of them are. There's a lot of crazy energy drinks where I'm like a good black coffee. It's soothing mm. to drink, but also you feel awake and you never need anything. You're never like, oh, I got to get some cream. I got to get some sugar. It's just, it just comes out like that. And I love a good black coffee. Yeah. The problem with black coffee is finding a coffee that is brewed correctly. And I feel like, because if I go to Starbucks, it's a 75-25 split on how good is my coffee. Literally any drink going to be. But specifically coffee, they don't really care. You could go to a, uh, like... Like Groundworks? Yes, yes. Okay. So like these upscale coffee places are maybe you're going to hit like 85% of the time. You're pretty good, but you're still not going to hit that like perfect cup of coffee. My friend 
figure it out. Like she got the big coffee craft and she weighs her grounds beforehand and she buys them from an independent distributor. And that is really good coffee. And I feel like yeah. it's ruined me for all other black coffees. I can't go back to, you know, my Folgers in my little pot. It's just, it's not hitting anymore. I mean, oh, it's a no. drug. You might as well treat it like one and weigh it out and do all that shit. Yeah. Folgers <laughs> is out. There's no fault. You cannot drink Folgers. And every time I go to Starbucks, I order black coffee. Every time my first sip, I go, ugh. I mean, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, they want to hurt you. They want to give you. I, I do love that when you were referencing energy drinks, you you mentioned Sparks. I think you and I might have been drinking too much around the same time <laughs> in, in uh, the recent history, because I think that's long gone. But that was a orange soda, energy, malt liquor combination that, okay. that did uh, get me through many long nights. Yeah, I probably had a few of those. I mean, I used to do the Jaeger bombs uh, that they called them. That uh, was the Jaeger and Red Bull that you would chew. Right. I was a big yeah, fan yeah. of those. Yeah. I don't know what was up with our generation being like, we need energy drinks with our liquor. Uh, I once got lost for several hours on a Four Loco. And by lost, I mean, I drank a can of Four Loco, told my friends I was going for a walk in the dead of night and came back thinking I had gone around the block and they're like, it has been hours. Where were you? I was like, no, I just went around the, the block. They're like, for you. that's definitely yeah. not what happened. You come back, they're all holding hands, uh, like doing the human sweep for, for like the... That sounds like a four loco and a hit of acid, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we were doing acid that night, but we might have been. I think the thing oh that about our generation that made that switch is that we learned that cocaine was not healthy for you. I think previous generations um, just like did cocaine like it was a vitamin that just uh, helped helped be stay extra up heavy. a little. Just yeah. do a bump in the bathroom. It's fine. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. That makes sense. You could always do Adderall and drink, but it always made me like a zombie. I would do Adderall and I could drink all night, but I never felt drunk. And I was clean just house. Yeah. like a zombie. Yeah. I, mean, I used to drink too clean because I, I <laughs> drinking helped me deal with boredom. And so I just drink and do really boring shit. And that's how you know you should stop drinking, folks. One other thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the milkshake thing with the coffee in the morning. Like, I, I, we talked, I think, last week about how Coffee Mate, which is something that I was consuming at the rate that, like, most families go through, like, gallons of milk. I was drinking so much hazelnut coffee made Ooh. for a long time. And it apparently, so the context was a story about foods that we have in America that are banned in other countries. And coffee mate is not only banned in other countries, it should be banned here according to, like, the laws. It has, like, stuff in it that is, like, yeah, no, this, like, goes directly into your arteries. <laughs> like, this is, oh this my is God. killing you. There's so many foods like that that, yeah. that are banned in other countries that we're, like, eating. Like, you eat like it's healthy, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mountain mm -hmm. Dew is the mm -hmm. one that I will not give up, but. This is it's... devastating. Someone find us a hazelnut flavoring that won't kill us. Hazelnut coffee is everything. It's oh, hazelnut like coffee is great. Flavor. I think it's the fact that like it's basically chemically like lab produced lard is, is the problem. It's not the, the coffee hazelnut mate, right? Not the, the hazelnut coffee. coffee. Yeah. yeah, coffee mate. Yeah, it's not. Wow. It's not the hazelnut of it all. It's the wow. yeah. Disappointing. Yeah, it is a little disappointing, and I have switched to matcha, which I do recommend. As annoying as that makes me. If you don't mind feeling like you have the flu for like three weeks, once you are off coffee and onto something that's slightly uh, less caffeinated, mm -hmm. I've had probably like 50% fewer panic attacks. So, oh. yeah, highly recommend. Okay. And it also looks cool. Like it looks like, a, I don't know, looks magical. It's like bright green. Kind of cool to drink something bright green right in the morning. And you get that little brush and you circle in the morning. I love anything that has a process to it. Yeah. It's a great way to start your day. Yeah. It really felt like the coffee mate conversation made us all a little sad. <laughs> it did. <laughs> We're all just like, ah, fuck. And my man. grandma drinks coffee mate. God damn it. Yeah. I mean, it has like, it's such a classic, you know? Like, I remember, mm -hmm. yeah, any institution, any church, the, you got the big like silver 
thing of coffee, the silver like chest of coffee, <laughs> and then next to it, the coffee mate. They really uh, one of the more trusted things in my refrigerator. That turns out the so doctors are like, "Oh my god, no." <laughs> anyway, speaking of things that make doctors say, "Oh my god, no," Waffle House. <laughs> so this dude, Representative Mark Walker, I like intentionally did not look up who he is because again, I didn't want to make myself sad, but he's like a politician of some sort. And he did a Instagram photo op, or I guess it was on Twitter, and it's just a picture of him in a suit at a Waffle House. And in his, the caption is, it's not for the faint of heart or DC elites, but there is nothing like late night Waffle House on the campaign trail. He couldn't look more like he just got out of a makeup chair in this picture. His <laughs> suit pressed, just hair perfect. And his Waffle House order sucks. It's just white toast, plain hash browns, yeah. plain disc of eggs, one sausage patty. And Can we also talk about how uncomfortable he looks in this booth? Yeah. It feels like he's like, this is dirty and I need to leave him. He's right by the door, which is the worst place you can sit in a Waffle House. <laughs> like, clearly a novice. You're going to get all of the foot traffic, that cold blast of air. That's cold. You want to be in the back booth near the teenagers or couple that's fighting. That's where you right. sit and you get your entertainment with your meal. Right. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Yeah. I mean, I've been to the Waffle House more times than I can count. And I don't know that I've ever taken a picture of myself in the Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> this may be a first like certainly there are like world star videos and like people pulling out cameras when like a fight starts but usually that's out in the parking lot but mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. get the sense from this picture that there's somebody behind the camera with like one of those like lighting umbrella things that, oh god like it, it looks like a professional photo shoot down to him looking like me like when I was six years old, like getting my picture taken at Sears, like he just looks like somebody <laughs> stuffed stuffed him into that suit. And I can't like, right, see the smile. picture, but also it's like who's going to the Waffle House in a suit? Yes, it's like even Truly. if you've been working all day, you know. I don't know. I imagine there's a tie. I would say pop off the tie, lose the jacket, unbutton He's, it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So he does have an it. unbuttoned. He did. Okay. He did uh, get that note. Okay, from, okay. His, from his consultant <laughs> and uh, is not wearing a tie. Uh, okay. Has his collar open down one button. Okay. But is also like sitting very stiffly. And you know what? You're not alone. Our listeners can't see the picture either. So that's that's a good reminder. Well, <laughs> that's the best thing that you can do on a podcast is just talk about a picture a nobody picture can see. A picture no one can see. Yep. Yeah. The Waffle House is so fun, though. I went into, I met a guy from New Jersey once. I was working with him and he said he had never been to the Waffle House. And I was like, okay, well, let's go right now. And yeah. I wanted it to be a good experience because he had never been. And I walk in and there's an older waitress there and she's like, uh, welcome to Waffle House. And I was like, how you doing? She's like, I'm tired and I could use a cigarette, but people keep coming in here. And I was like, perfect. perfect. This is exactly why <laughs> yeah. we came here. See, and I feel like it's a, I think a real issue with the statement, like it's not for anything after that is incorrect. Waffle House is for everybody. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is our version of the British pub. Okay. Everybody can come in here at the same time and get treated to the exact same terrible service. Maybe you'll see the people in back fighting. That's my favorite. Okay. If the cooks are fighting, you know, you found the best Waffle House because for whatever reason, their food is better. It, who who hasn't been like, if you haven't been to a Waffle House, either because you just don't live in proximity of one or for some reason, you've deluded yourself into thinking that you're better than Waffle House. And I don't think there's that many people out there who doesn't like late night pancakes. It's like one of God's gifts to the world. It's perfect. Yeah, especially when you're drinking. I mean, there's not I mean, I used, yes. to drink and, I used to drink and drive all the time. I'm not promoting it, but I'm saying you're driving along and you're like, oh, I could get in trouble. Let's pull into the Waffle House, soak up some of this alcohol here, have a good time, yell with the other people in there, you right. know? It's a it's a great time. Nobody at the yeah. Waffle House is ever like, I don't think you should drive. They're like, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here, you scamp. Yeah. Yeah. In college, I lived in the neighborhood known as Boys Town in Chicago. And we were walking distance from an IHOP. And, you know, 2 a.m. pancakes, 15 gay kids in their club gear. Like, it's 
I feel like That's all my best, best yeah. memories are from that like parking lot, like chain smoking, trying to figure out like when the next party is. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah. It's an institution. I, I remember when I could smoke cigarettes inside the Waffle House, and that was Ooh. a real that was a real time period that I enjoyed. I mean, I quit smoking now, so I wouldn't enjoy yeah. it now. No, no. But as a smoker, I'm like, let me smoke in here. Yeah. If you were fortunate enough to spend six hours in a booth talking about nothing and chain smoking while your waiter's very upset at you for taking up too much of their time, it was a moment. It was a moment in history, and uh, I, again, wouldn't want to go back, but I do sort of miss it. Yeah. Now only the guy at the uh, grill is allowed to smoke. Everybody <laughs> yeah. else has to go outside. I used to work at a Western Sizzling. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like a golden corral without all the class, you know? And it's, <laughs> oh, um, and we used to, you know, you, you had smoking sections in there and I would wait tables and you just pass through this like smoke filled area and we would smoke cigarettes while we rolled silverware. You know, that's how I learned to smoke without using my hands. You know, right. you just let it, and uh, it's a great time. I don't yeah. know. That story's Dangle. going nowhere, but it is a good job. <laughs> I could never master not getting a bunch of smoke in my eyes. It was yeah. that hands were necessary. <laughs> yeah. Also, and the most impressive skill to watch an old lady like bite her cigarette and yeah. like French exhale and like count up all her money at the same time. I'm like, this ma'am, she's a pro. She's been through some stuff and she's a survivor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. An inspiration. She doesn't really mind the smoke in her eyes. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the least of her worries. Yeah. Just a second hit that you're getting. That's the second entry point right there. Uh, yeah. The, the closing one eye is also, so you got it out of one side of the mouth and then that eye is closed while you're still able to do your job. So I wanted to just put this in the conversation. It's definitely... It, it's up there. I don't know if it enters the the pantheon, but I, I wanted to talk about some other celebrity moments where they are trying to get like cred and clearly revealing themselves to be robots or just like uh, living on a different planet. So you've got this person's idol, I'm assuming, Mitt Romney, who in a speech said, my favorite meat is hot dog, by the way. Oh, boy. That is my favorite meat. And then... <laughs> He followed that up by, my second favorite meat is hamburger. And everyone uh, says, oh, don't you prefer steak? It's like, I know steaks are great, but I like hot dog best. And I like hamburger next best. <laughs> that sounds like a robot. And that's only- AI technology trying to come up with a sentence. And the only one of those three that he knows how to like pluralize and like actually use correctly is steak, which is the only one he's ever actually eaten. And then the other ones, he's like, ah, I love hot dog. Oh my God. That's not, not even a type of that, hot man. dog. Yeah. Mm. No one's favorite meat is hot dog, right? Hot dog right. is not a meat. It's many things. But even it's like it could be beef, it could be pork, it could be chicken. But that's no one's favorite. I love a hot dog, but there's no way if you're like, all you right, love but, a hot dog. Yeah, you don't love yeah, hot yeah. Dog. <laughs> a hot dog or a steak. I'm like, OK, right. give me a steak or right. a hot dog or some rice and broccoli. I might go, you know what? I'll take the rice and broccoli. I, I, you right. know, hot dogs way low on the list. And I'm I'm a fan of it, of a yeah. hot dog. Not all yes. of them. Just right. <laughs> and hamburger <laughs> is also such a strange way to describe hamburgers. Yes. Is, My I favorite like... meat is hot dog and hamburger. Like, <laughs> you don't know what those are, do you? <laughs> yeah. uh, you've never used that word out loud, it would seem. It is Garth- fun when politicians <laughs> try to relate. There was a little like a, uh, a de Blasio thing at one point where he was talking about if you get, you know, if you you can get a free hamburger and then the mm-hmm. way he's biting it, it's like. Yes. Have you ever eaten a hamburger before? He was like, oh, no. That's a great one that I didn't have on this list. You're too rich. You're too rich for the hamburger talk. Yeah. You know. He's like, he seems a little surprised (laughs) at what's happening Uh, in his mouth. He's like, oh, the French fries. So many celebrities do the same thing where it's like they're trying to relate to people. And it's like, it may not even be your fault. You've just been too rich for too long. It's not your fault. You have everything. Yeah. You know. We got to stay at the country and its sweets once in a while. Yeah. I had on the list Garth Brooks joining Facebook, but it's not, it's probably not in the same conversation. It doesn't have anything to do with food. It's just uh, his, yeah. If you haven't seen the video of him announcing that he's joining Facebook, I, I highly recommend well, you watch it. That's another person. He's been rich for at least 30 years. And oh, yeah. it's, um, how do you live in reality? Like, I'm on Facebook now. And it's like, well, 
that's been around for a while. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was early in the Facebook run, but it was just the strangest thing. I, it's not even worth talking about because it's like you just kind of have to watch it to watch like him addressing the camera and his <laughs> like stage presence in the sense you get that like he, this is take number 17. And I don't know, I, he, but like, he also seems to want to fuck you in the video. Like he's just like looking at the, anyways, I think my all time favorite is when Gwyneth Paltrow claimed that she was going to try and live off $29 in groceries for a week, because that is what families on snap, i.e. food stamps and her words have to live on for a week. And so she posted a picture said, this is what $29 gets you at the grocery store. You know, what families on Snap uh, have to live on. And it's like one of the things that she has in there is seven limes. She bought seven, <laughs> seven limes. She has bok choy. She yeah, if you has, got 29 bucks, limes <laughs> is not making the cut. Limes <laughs> is not making the cut. It's like clearly an Erewhon also like she would not be able to buy that much. For with 29, 29 bucks, you're buying your favorite meat hot dog. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to explain what Erewhon is to the folks who are not here. Who don't and, know. and to me. It's a supercharged like Whole Foods. It's like, but what if Whole Foods was more expensive is basically what Erewhon is, right? Yeah, it's just super fancy. It's a grocery store trying to be a farmer's market. You know what right. I mean? They're like adjacent, but they don't have to like put up stalls every week. The ladies love it. I haven't been to one. I just found out there's one in the valley. Apparently parking is great. So get it if you love it. What I like about this is there's no, her tweet doesn't say if it's like, oh, this is not enough food or, you know, we could be doing more. There's no like call to action no. based on, she's just like, you could buy this for $29 at a grocery store. Thank you, Gwyneth. Right. I've been to a grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> I, I know. Like, what was the point yeah. of posting this? It's one lime for, for each day of the week so that you don't get scurvy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's you what You can she have thinks. it with your one egg for breakfast <laughs> yeah. with a tortilla. Yeah. And she's yeah. got black beans and rice, a single jalapeno, and a single sweet potato. Your children are starving, is what she's saying. <laughs> yeah, she could have bought <laughs> enough black beans and rice for a week uh, if she hadn't bought seven fucking limes <laughs> and bok choy. But yeah, I think I think that that lasted her her week long experiment lasted less than a week. He's but like, I'm a human. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me, <laughs> guys. It's not I her fault. It. Her <laughs> she was right. born rich. She doesn't know. Uh, She's yeah. shocked that you can buy milk for so cheap. She's like, it's only $5? My God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. What could a banana possibly cost? $17? I forget what the guess is <laughs> that on was a good uh, Arrested Development. <laughs> also, she has one tomato in there. Just A single uh, head of garlic, guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gwynny's not flavoring her food. I mean, yeah, as yeah. you read off the list, I'm like, this is honestly not bad for 29 bucks. It's not. I mean, I'm yeah. like, okay, we got quite a bit. Of, you keep adding things. I'm like, oh, okay, because I can't see the picture. I'm like, this <laughs> right. is actually a pretty good grocery list. I should take her shopping with me because I need right. some help. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like she might be like bragging about how much she was able to get for her. See, that's a much more interesting post. Right. Yeah. Look at all this yeah, stuff yeah. I got. It's only $29. Can you believe like it? Supermarket sweep style. <laughs> if but celebrities yeah. would just say, call us idiots and stuff, I think that'd be more fun. They're like, right. you know yes. what I mean? If they're like, we can do it, you can too, <laughs> idiots. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Olympic pillow fighting. And we're back. And so last year at the Olympic Games that I don't remember, like, I don't remember them at all. Like, I no, I, we were too yeah. traumatized to form memories at that time, yeah. which is why I think we have to stop having big events. People are like, oh, have I'm like, I still think it's 2020. I'm still not caught up. You have they to were in slow Tokyo and they had they had them already. And uh, yeah. I do a daily news show. I definitely talked about them. There's probably hours of me talking about these Olympics. I don't remember them at all. Anyway, there's <laughs> there's more Olympics starting right now. I remember one thing that and I don't remember what country it was in. I don't even know what I don't know anything about the Olympics, but I know that whatever country it was taking place in, there was a person competing 
that was from the country and there was no one in the arena to cheer for them. And I just thought, you work your entire life right. to make right. the Olympics. You're the hometown hero and no one can cheer for you. It's so yeah. sad. It's a hollow experience. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we must stop until we can have them safely. Bananas. Yeah. I mean, it's so sad. It's like, oh, I made the Olympics and it's like a pep rally with no one to cheer. What's the point? Right. You just run through agree. that piece of paper and <laughs> yeah. there's just no one there. Just an Me. echo of the sound of paper tearing. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things it sounds like all three of us missed is that a, a German pentathlon coach literally punched a horse. No. Yeah. So that which I didn't know there was a horse riding portion of the pentathlon. <laughs> is that the one that where you shoot guns too? Are there guns involved in the pentathlon? What? Listen, I'm not an athlete. I have no idea what a pentathlon is. I wonder why one man punching a horse canceled an entire event, though. That's yeah. really... We're, okay, we're looking it up. What is a contest featuring five events? It is the one where you shoot the gun. Okay. Oh does my it gosh, involve wait, punching at all, or does this guy, he just got <laughs> upset? So, <laughs> lest you judge, I think the uh, puncher was a woman. It was Kim Raisner punched a, a horse ahead of the women's competition in August. So, like, apparently, yeah, there, there's, it's horse riding, gun shooting, what else? Like, running? Standing, long jump, discus throw. Okay. Greco-Roman wrestling? But that was yeah. from the 1906 versions. Horses can be aggressive. What was Com what led right. to the punch? So competitors could not meet their horses until shortly before the horse riding portion of the competition began. I, I don't know if that was COVID related. I don't know why they couldn't meet or if they normally can. But several riders struggled with their horses. Uh, one such rider was Germany's Annika Schlu and her coach tried to talk some sense into the horse by punching it in the face and Jesus. did not work. The horse refused to jump. And so they decided to cancel that event from the pentathlon and are now talking about what they're going to replace it with. Okay, and to be fair, it has to be an unfamiliar horse. So you are riding a horse you have no experience riding. I don't, that's not me condoning violence against horses, okay? I don't think punching the horse would do literally anything except make the horse mad and possibly buck your rider like what was the point of it but i am now fascinated that this has not become like a social media thing because it requires fencing pistol shooting freestyle swimming show jumping on an unfamiliar horse and then a cross-country run i need to know who has mastered all of these things enough to take it to the olympics i want to know what their daily life is like because i imagine you can never stop training like, because yeah. regular Olympians, like, if you're just doing, like, the hurdles, you're practicing hurdles every damn day, hours a day, getting that hurdle right. But you have to do five. This is this is so much. It feels like the Olympic event version of, like, those Guinness world records where the person just, like, made some shit up to do <laughs> that would, like, that they could do because they were the only one who thought to do it. Maybe yeah. someone couldn't win each individual event and they were like, you know what? But I'll challenge you to all of them. <laughs> right. I'll challenge yeah. you to all of them. <laughs> Grab bag. <laughs> Grab bag it up. So according to a recent Instagram post by the International Modern Pentathlon Union Athletes Committee, some of the sports that they're considering to replace the <laughs> horse jumping, show jumping on an unfamiliar horse, which does seem <laughs> wildly specific, are less specific things like roller skating, which I kind of like. I don't know if it would be a roller skating race or like a roller yeah, skating just like dance off. <laughs> Bike riding. Also, drone racing. No, and that's too far in the field. I don't like that. That's yeah. A, that's Olympics should be about physical strength. Only if they ride the drone. <laughs> only if they yes, can drive the there, road. There yeah, it is. If you just mm -hmm. ride into the Olympic, whatever, opening ceremonies being like propelled by drones, that would yeah. be cool. And then finally, pillow fighting, which people, some pentathletes were even like, wait, are, is that last one a joke? But apparently not. Pillow fighting is being considered a legitimate sport now. 
and there's a league and everything. They just had the first pillow fight championships last weekend in Florida. So, you know, it's legit. The pay-per-view event reportedly featured hardcore swinging with special with a specialized pillow. And people who competed were MMA fighters, reality TV stars, bare knuckle boxers, mechanics, single moms and veterinarians. OK, wow, that <laughs> I see what's like going on here. Trying to take out some COVID aggression. Yeah. Yeah. One, a great way to take out some COVID aggression. <laughs> Two, this is absolutely someone thinking about ratings, right? So the, <laughs> yeah. in, the one thing I do remember about Tokyo is that they added skateboarding. X Games gets tons of views every year. It's very exciting. It's an established sport. Easy to get enough competitors in there. I wonder if, I guess because it's one of five events in a smaller category that you could probably train oh my god training for a pillow fight but you could probably get enough athletes to be like okay if that's the thing like let's go i want my olympic medal what i have to say is do they have to wear these uniforms now if you you can't see the picture but i'll just describe it looks like a terry cloth 1920s bathing suit yeah and that's it that's what it looks like and then their pillows are like maybe silk cased you got if you remember the like rock'em not rock'em sock'em robots what are those pillow hand fist things they were inflatable sock and boppers like, thank you sock and boppers that's what but in pillow form is what it looks like Listen, i don't know what a I, sock and bopper I, is i like that in the list of people they included mechanics that's just <laughs> funny to me i don't right. know why but they were like mma fighters bare knuckle boxers mechanics <laughs> veterinarians all the same kind of people <laughs> single moms Let's anyone go. can do it yeah. Anyone can get punched by a bare knuckle boxer, you know? Yeah. Maybe the veterinarians thing was like a play to horses to be like, this one's going to be so much easier for you guys than that last <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> but yeah, the mechanics is confusing. Like riding a bike, it does seem like the equivalent of like maybe if there was bike jumping, like you had to like jump a bike because it's like a a horse that you can't punch or people won't get mad if you punch a bike, I guess. But this, like, adding a combat sport that, like, presumably no pentathlete has ever attempted is actually kind of fun. I'm, I was about to criticize it, and then I realized that they should do that every Olympics. There should be a wild card fifth event that <gasps> you can just, like, guarantee nobody has any experience in and throw it on, on them, like, the day of the event and see how and the they internet do. gets to vote. And my yeah. first pitch is pirate ship battle. It's pirate a team ship. sport. Oh, yeah. I'm you guys that. got Instead of like cannons, you have like paintballs, but they're like giants that you put in a cannon, you know? So you're just getting splattered with paint. Because ship most covered and paint loses. Done. Yeah. And then if I mean, Olympics, then if, give yeah, us this oh, level okay. of sports. Paintball is a pretty good idea for an Olympic sport. I was going to say if you lose, then it becomes a swimming event, you know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. But so. Pillow fighting championships have been a thing for a while in Japan, and the All Japan Pillow Fighting Championships were apparently inspired by pillow fights held by Japanese students on school trips. They apparently have school trip money in Japan for, <laughs> for take their kids on school trips more than once. But the rules are, it's like a team sport. It sounds like team dodgeball, if you've ever played that or witnessed that, but with pillows, except it has, like, fun things. Like, everybody starts in a sleeping bag. Like, you have to, like, when they blow the whistle, everyone's in, like, laying down under a comforter. And then you have to, like, run up, like, jump out of bed, grab a pillow, start throwing it at each other. And when somebody yells, the teacher is coming, then everybody, like, has to run back to their futon, pick up Amazing. more pillows. And then there's a captain who you defend with a duvet. I'm in. Let's yeah. do it. Is this real rules or do you just create that right now? No, no that's, that's real. in the Japanese okay. game. Okay. That's, that's how they play. A, that's a Japanese game that is established and has been for a number of years wow. that we are choosing to turn our back on in America for some reason and just doing one-on-one. And there was one. in a boxing ring, which is dumb. Yeah. Boring. Like, that's so much less exciting than, like, here's a, literally a team event and the ability to defend in a dodgeball. So that's 
revolutionary, okay? You can only defend in dodgeball if you're good at bouncing the ball off the ball already in your hands. And eventually you have to throw that ball. So you know, it's a temporary defense-like strategy. But the idea of using an entire comforter to protect your team captain, chef's kiss, man. That, that's yeah. where we've got real game, like, stats in here now it brings some like bullfighting panache to it because like you could just be like <laughs> the sickest with the comforter you could just be doing all sorts of wild shit imagine multiple people using comforters and now you don't know where the captain is you gotta right. figure it out you gotta break it down your captain can be moving in secret getting ready to like nail the other team's captain this is right. very this is thrilling yeah it's thrilling i would I'm absolutely watch this level it. of pillow fights at the Olymp- the Olympics should be more fun. It takes itself way too seriously. They're like, we, yeah. we're going to start in Rome. We're going to run a torch around. Like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. We've seen it. It's it's good. It's fine. It's whatever. But if you really want to get spicy, like, bring me a paintball championship. I want to see actual school-level pillow fights. I want to see pirate ship battles for sure. Just You get that one for free. You don't have to pay me anything. I just want the benefit of watching grown people paintball but with pirate ships. Is that a thing you just made up or is that yes, a thing that exists? Okay. All right. If that came whole from like my it. brain, <laughs> I would invest money in it. I would absolutely be a ship captain in it. It's D&D, but a whole like extra level of it. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. No, the ancient, it was either Greece or Rome. They would like fill up like stadiums with water and have like military ship yeah! battles in front of people. <laughs> like that was they the thing sure you did. could Listen. do. Way to give like, a historical context, Jack. I'm putting that in the pitch. Like, yeah. You guys have already done this. We're just modernizing it. There it yeah. is. I'm for it. Let's do <laughs> yeah. it. American gladiators of uh, of the Olympics with pirate yeah. ships. I, I mean, love American it. gladiators is fun, and the Olympics could use some of that. I miss American yeah. gladiators. Also, the most fun I've ever had was both like having a pillow fight that I was winning, getting a lot of clean shots in, and then got like knocked out clean by a pillow. Like that. So, sometimes pillow fights are very violent. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't want to compete in it. I don't want to be in the event. <laughs> I don't like right. being hit. I've been punched many times. I don't want to be yeah. hit by anything. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's do do a fun one, guys. All right, well, Dusty, it's been truly a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people find you and follow you? Well, I really uh, appreciate you guys having me. My website is DustySlay.com. All my uh, social media is at DustySlay. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, very fun stuff. And um, and that's, yeah, I mean, you can find me there. I'm there, you know, posting videos and stupid pictures. There you go. But it's a good time. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? I don't, you know, uh, there is a thing on Instagram that I've seen recently, and I, and I, I don't know. I may have forgot what it's, what it's, oh, it's called Good News underscore Movement, and it's just positive stuff. It's mm. good things happening to people and people having good times and, you know. I don't know. It's fun. I mean, the, the internet can be a real negative black hole uh, of death. And uh, when you find something that's good news, it, it feels fun. There you go. But it's like, I was thinking about videos and I'm like, I consume so much content that who even can remember a thing that they saw? Right. Uh, I mean, I would recommend if you're really looking for something on the internet, Pop over to Netflix, watch the stand-up season three, episode five. Yes. Watch all of the episodes, but watch yeah. mine. I would say watch mine first and often, but do watch the others because everyone's very funny on there. It's a yeah. great season. Yeah, Brian Simpson was on earlier uh, this week and or uh, last week, and we've had Naomi Ekparrigan on before. And yeah, just all really an incredible lineup. Joel, where can people find you and what is a tweet you've been enjoying? Well, y'all know me. I'm Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique. It's J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. My internet, my tweets have been so serious, but um, this is, listen, it's a niche tweet. You have to know the people involved. But someone said, Max Wolf, I can't say his handle. It's a lot of, it's a lot happening there. But someone said, Lynn Whitfield may always play evil, but she has never played broke. And I know that's right. And that's true. If you all know who Lynn Field is, always plays bad bitch, always has money. And I really respect that out of an actor just being like, listen, I don't have to have the largest roles, but I'm just never playing broke. An aspiration. <laughs> Way to set goals for your life, Lynn. You did it. Lynn Winfield. Where where do we know Lynn Winfield from? 
If you watch a lot of black television, you know Lynn Whitfield from everywhere. Let's let's pull up some of Lynn Whitfield's. Yes. Okay. She did uh she's Ty Perry's Medea Family Reunion. She did the Josephine Baker story, which I think was a TV movie back in nineteen ninety one. And yes, she played the mama in Greenleaf, which if you like church drama, which I do, uh you can enjoy that. It's it's Listen, Lynn Whitfield holds it down for the black community, and we love her. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Tweet I've been enjoying. Hannah Black tweeted, uh, interviewer, can you explain this gap in your resume? Me, it was then that I carried you. (laughs) Great answer. That's a lot of fun. (laughs) That's a lot of fun. I also (laughs) like that you you said if you enjoy church drama. I had not heard that genre of film before, but (laughs) I'm into it. Yeah. It's it's a strong one. Southern Baptist, like black, messy family running the church. Uh, lots of people getting saved from their sins. Someone's definitely cheating. There's a, a cheating husband, wife scandal in there somewhere. A kid gets off drugs. I used to church. work at uh, Western Sizzlin on a Sunday. So I'm very familiar oh. with my own version of church drama. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> It's three o'clock. Mass went way too long. We are hungry right now. I, I know the energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. And once again, we are bringing in super producer Justin to tell you about a track you should go check out. All right. Well, I'm going to continue the trend of highlighting Black artists this month. And there's this new artist who's popped up on the scene, uh, Talia Goddess. You will have a hard time believing that she is 19 years old when you listen to this track, Poster Girl. It will bring you back to 90s R&B in a real smooth way. Like The silky guitars over it are amazing. And if you love textures in your music like little surprises like i do you know it switches seamlessly between 808 bass music and just a live electric bass and man it's so bluesy and jazzy and it'll melt your problems away for a little bit and you know the song's about a poster girl and just being enamored with the beauty of a woman and you know every black woman is a poster girl this month so you know what uh listen to this take your problems away and you can find this track poster girl by talia goddess in the footnotes Listen, music king right here. Nice. Very good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. All right.